0: Let us think this morning of beginnings. Beginnings. This is the way the Bible begins, in the beginning, sheath in Hebrew, N-R-K in Greek, and for those of you who want your Latin, in principio, or, if we want it just in English, in the beginning. This is what Genesis means. The book of Genesis is a book full of beginnings. But it's more than just a book meant to remind you of what happened long, long ago. That's one way to understand the importance of beginnings, right? Why is it important that you know your beginning? Well, so that you can remember your birthday and make sure that people give you lots of gifts on your birthday, right? Beginnings matter for much more than simply knowing what happened long ago. The book of Genesis is not just a book that records beginnings for us, but it might be better to think of it this way. It is a book of foundations, a book of foundations. And isn't that true of what our beginnings are? Whether we think of ourselves as individuals or we can think of a corporate group, say a nation, beginnings matter because they provide a foundation. They answer big questions like, where did we come from? Where did I come from? And where am I going? And if we forget those stories, if we lose that foundation, if we substitute a different foundation, well, we find pretty soon that we're no longer going where we ought to go. We're going in a very different direction. Just think of this, let me illustrate this by thinking of the story of your own birth. Think of how important it is to know who your parents are. If you didn't know, If you were growing up in an orphanage, you would have all kinds of questions. What was my mom like? What was my dad like? What was my family like? What were the stories that shaped them, that shaped me? That's an important question to know your origin because your origin, humanly speaking, your biological foundation provides something of the trajectory for your life. Beginnings, the story of our beginnings, here's the point, answers not only where do we come from, but it provides the trajectory, where are we going? So it goes that parents love to tell their children stories. They love to tell their children stories of their beginnings, of their foundations. Important things that have happened in the history of my family have been repeated to me again and again and again. I just got back from vacation, right? And I heard some of those same stories. This is what happens on family vacations in the uppled House. You hear the same stories over and over again. And that's important. Because to lose that foundation would, in some sense, mean there would be a risk, right, that I would lose my own identity. Our identities are bound up in our foundations. You can think of this also corporately. Think about the story of our nation. Think about the foundation, the founding of our country. That story. That story and the fight and the struggle and the whole declaration of independence and all of the things that went on at the beginning of our nation is not just important so that we know, well, America began on July 4th, 1776 or something. It's important because that story shapes the trajectory of our country. And isn't it true right now, as there's lots of debates about what really happened back then, about when our country began, about what the real foundation of our country is, if we substitute a new story of our foundation, all of a sudden the identity of our nation would change. Foundations' beginnings matter because they help to tell us who we are and also where we're going. And if that's true of us as individuals within a family, if that's true of us as a people, as a nation within the whole face of the earth, it's also true of us as humans. Sometimes these beginnings, these foundations of the book of Genesis are almost too big. I think the story of Genesis 2 is much like that. It is a story that is so big that it's easy to forget. It's easy to overlook it because it seems like too big of a thing. What does it have to do with little old me? Well, a lot. Because in the creation of Adam, what I wanna focus with you in our time this morning on is this, that in Adam, in Adam we see God's intention for us. We see the foundation of all of humanity, past, present, and future. In the story of Adam, we have an answer to where we come from, and we also have the trajectory of where we are going. Now, perhaps you know that Genesis has two creation accounts, right? There's the story in Genesis 1 that answers kind of the universal question. Where did the whole world come from? Where did the whole universe come from? But Genesis 2 zooms in, right? And some people say, well, see, these are two different accounts. They're two totally different stories. And people who are skeptical want to look for contradictions. But of course, those of us who are faithful know that God doesn't write contradictions into scripture, but these things complement each other. And so just as we have the universal story of all things and how God created everything out of nothing, we also have in Genesis 2, God zooming in for us so that we would not be like children growing up in an orphanage, so that we would not be like a country that is lost about who it is and where it comes from and where it's going. So in Adam, I want you to see this morning, in answer to this question, where do I come from? In Adam's creation, you see that you, each and every one of you, are God's own handiwork. You are God's handiwork. Now it's possible to lose that story, just like it's possible for a person. I remember as a kid thinking that the worst thing that could happen would be to get amnesia. I I have kind of a foggy memory about where I first encountered amnesia, but I remember as a kid thinking that's like the worst thing that could ever happen, right? To one day wake up and all of a sudden not know who I am or who my parents are or who my friends, who my brothers are, that'd be terrible. Well, it's possible for us as a people, as humanity, to lose this story. It's not just possible, but you can see it happening all around you, can't you? You can see other stories, other accounts, other foundations being substituted for this account. And so instead of seeing ourselves as God's handiwork, what is it that many think it is to be a human now? What is the alternative story that is put before us that is simply assumed almost anywhere we go? It's not a story of you being God's handiwork. It's a story of you being sort of a random chance molecules collided don't ask where they came from and because they collided all of a sudden stuff came from nothing order came out of disorder and what happened then over the course of many 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 millennium through random processes and through kind of lots of other sort of good luck and good fortune is that we evolved don't accept a substitute Because if you accept that substitute, you will downgrade yourself from being God's handiwork to being the result of random chance. And that's not just a problem for our beginning, for understanding our beginning, but it's also a problem for understanding our purpose. After all, if you are just the product of chance, well then what purpose is there? That question is almost meaningless, isn't it? If we are all just the product of random chance, it's kind of meaningless to ask Where are we headed? I don't know. I don't really know where we came from. It's just random chance. Where are we going? It's random chance. It's random luck. Just make the most of it. See what happens? Instead of being God's handiwork, instead of being a creature of the Lord, crafted by him, you become lost in the chaos. Make the most of it. Hope you can do it. Make the best of it. Hope you can do really well. Trouble is, most of us can't. And most of us don't. God does not want us to lose our identity. He does not want us to lose and be downgraded. And so we have this account of God forming Adam. Pay attention to the words. God formed the man out of the dust. Look how carefully the Lord saw to it that Adam would be made. He could have done it any way he wanted, right? He could have snapped his fingers and Adam sprang up out of the ground or shot up out of the water. But look how the Lord God forms the man. And not only does he form his body. Not only did he form the body of our Father, and in that body we were all present in some way, right? All of the DNA, all of the data that needed to be there so that you could be here today was formed out of that dust. Not only did the Lord God form him with his hands, but what does it say? He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. How different this is, dear friends, than the story of evolution. Random chance, the collision of molecules, a long process of death and growth and death and growth, how different your true identity is. You are not a mistake. You are not a result of impersonal processes that just so happened to go right. No, you are the handiwork of the Lord God, formed and fashioned by him and breathed into body and soul together. That is your beginning. That is your foundation. But not only do we have that story of our foundation, but we also see the purpose, the trajectory, right? Remember that beginnings, foundations are important not only to answer the question of where do I come from, but they also show us where am I going? What am I here for? So what do you hear in Adam's creation? Hear it again. The Lord God took the man that he had formed and put him, the word is planted, right? It's kind of a play on words. Just as the Lord had planted a garden there in Eden, now he plants the man in the garden of Eden for what purpose? Here's what it says, to work it and to keep it. You were made to work. I don't mean you are made to earn money, right? That's another myth that often comes out, as if the whole point of existing is to get paid, right? To have a good job, to have the best job, to have the most income. That's not the purpose for which God made Adam. It's important. You need to be paid, you need to earn a living. But the Lord God made Adam to work in his creation. It is not a mistake that you have a body with hands. It is not a mistake that the Lord God gave you a mind that can figure out things, that can solve riddles and problems and issues. Use your body, use your mind for what the Lord God made you to use it, not to cheat and do the least, not to do, not to get the most out of as little as possible, but to actually do good. In the world, to do good in the Garden of Eden. That is why God planted Adam there, to work that garden. It says also that Adam was to keep it. And there's a lot of overlap between those two words to work in the garden and also to keep it. But I want to draw your attention to the way that that word is used later in Scripture. When God gave the people of Israel the temple, the tabernacle and the temple, He gave them the priests and the Levites. And the job of the priests and the Levites is often described this way, as those who are to keep the tabernacle and temple. And if we take that as an illustration of what God made Adam for, then we can understand that Adam was made not just to work, not just to do good in the Garden of Eden, but to keep out anything that would harm it. You are made to work and also to keep. You are made to keep your body, you are made to keep your mind, you are made to keep your lips from speaking things that are false, from speaking things that are evil. You are made to keep your household, you are made to keep your congregation in whatever way that you do this. You are made to work in these places and also to keep them. For just as Adam encountered a serpent, just as Adam encountered a snake that he should have stepped on and not allowed to speak, so also you know that in the world that you live in, there is plenty to keep from. There are plenty of words, there are plenty of thoughts, there are plenty of actions that go on in the world all around you that you must learn to keep yourself from. Because if you give in to them, well, the story will repeat itself just like it did with Adam and Eve to work, and to keep. That is why God made Adam. That is his purpose. That is his calling, and it is also your calling too. Make no mistake, you are God's handiwork, formed and fashioned by him, breathed into by him for a purpose, for a reason. It's a sad thing for people not to know their purpose, isn't it? It's a sad thing to be adrift in the world, not knowing where we come from or what we're here for. And sadly, when people don't know, they invent all kinds of purposes, all kinds of reasons. Hear from Holy Scripture. Hear from the account of Genesis. Hear from God's story of your foundation, what you are here for. So you don't have to invent it for yourself. You are here to work, to do good in this world. And you are here to keep it. But there's more. For God didn't just say, okay, work it and keep it. He also then spoke to Adam. Now think of how wonderful that is, that the Lord God would speak to one of his creatures, that the creator would speak to a creature. Let me see if I can kind of magnify this in your mind this morning, because it's easy to lose sight of, right? Well, of course he spoke to Adam. Why wouldn't he? That's the whole shock of the thing. Suppose you went home this afternoon and you got a call and it was a number you didn't recognize and you picked it up and the person on the other line said, hold for a moment, the President of the United States wants to speak with you. Maybe this is a bad illustration. (laughs) But suppose you got that call. Wouldn't you feel a little bit honored? Wouldn't you feel a little bit proud? Wouldn't you say, who am I that someone important would want to speak to me? Don't laugh. You get my point. Even if you don't like the president, the point is even greater in Holy Scripture for of all of the creatures, who is it that the Lord God actually speaks to? Did he address the cheetah and say, listen, cheetah, I have a special commission for you. Did he speak to the whales and to the dolphins and give them a special calling? No, Of all of creation, it is to Adam that the Lord God spoke. And what that means, what that means we should mark well, is that the Lord intends for us to be in conversation with him. He intends for us to be his fellowship partners. He intends for each and every human body and soul to hear his word and to respond to it. What is the saddest thing that could happen to a person in this world? The saddest thing is to never hear the voice of our maker. The saddest thing is to never hear the word of God, to never know the word of God, to never be able to call out to him and say, dear father, you have loved me. I love you in return. What worse fate could there be than to lose that? So mark it well that you don't discard it. Mark it well so that when the phone rings, so to speak, you don't say, oh, I don't really want to pick this one up. For there is no greater calling, there is no greater purpose than to be addressed by the Lord God. Now, it's often troubled people what God told Adam, right? It seems almost kind of cruel. I made all of these trees, but don't eat from this one. That's what the devil wanted Adam and Eve to think about God's command, but I want you to know that it was a good command. Out of all of the trees in the garden, the Lord God had said Adam could eat from any of them except this one. And that wasn't just because God was being you know, stingy somehow. That wasn't because the Lord God didn't want Adam to have what was good for him. The Lord God said don't eat from this tree so that Adam would learn to worship That's not quite obvious right away, so let me see if I can help you understand it this morning. Suppose you were Adam. Put yourself in his shoes this morning. Your life would have been a great joy, wouldn't it? There would be no sin. There would be no death in the world. And everywhere you went in that garden, you could do whatever you wanted, except for one place. In one place, when you came to that one tree when you came to that one tree out of all of the trees and you looked at that one fruit out of all of the fruit, you were to remember the word of the Lord. You were to remember that the Lord God had spoken to you and given you a special command out of all of the other creatures and said to you, don't eat from this tree. And so what would Adam have done if he had had the right thing in his mind, if he had known, if he had taken it to heart every time he passed that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he would have fallen on his face in worship and said, oh Lord God, thank you that you made this one tree that I don't eat from, so that in this way I might acknowledge you, so that in this way I might bow before you, I might submit myself to you and worship you. This is the story of who we are. This is the account of where we come from, and it gives us our purpose. Don't settle for a false alternative. Don't be downgraded into something else. Know who you are. Know where you came from. Know why you are here. Mark well your foundation, but also know the rest of the story, for this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning and you know what happened after the story. You know how Adam and Eve did eat from that tree. You know how they fell from God's grace and were exiled from the garden. But you also know of a new beginning, don't you? You know of a second Adam. You know of a greater Adam. You know how the Lord God himself came into this world as Adam's son so that he might raise us all For in Jesus Christ, a greater Adam has appeared, and a new beginning is available to us now, a beginning that is not marked by sin and death and failure, but a beginning that is marked by life and peace and forgiveness. For Jesus came, not into the Garden of Eden, but Jesus came into a sinful fallen world. What did we hear in the Gospel reading from Mark? There he was, out in a desolate place. But what did the Lord Jesus, the greater Adam, do? Even in a, des- in a desolate place, he brought life. He brought life and joy. He brought worship. He restored to those people there in the desolate place what was theirs in the Garden of Eden. And he will do the same for you. So learn well the story of your beginning. Mark well how the Lord God formed and fashioned Adam out of the ground, how he breathed into him the breath of life, how he gave him a purpose and addressed him as his own partner. Mark it well so that you may see in Adam's creation what you are also made for, what you are redeemed for, and what by God's Spirit you are being perfected for. To to God be the glory now and always. Amen.